0: That is so. Hello and welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor, And for this episode, we are joined by Liam Edwards. Hey, Liam.
1: Hi, guys. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us. Um, We've all brought a recommendation to the table. And first off this episode is Jack. Jack, take it away. Yeah.
2: So my recommendation is still processing or still processing. Uh, In the States Uh, It's a podcast by Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris Who are two culture writers For the New York Times And both of them seem to have a a specialism in sort of the interface between, you know, human beings and either culture or technology. It's a discussion podcast where they find these particular angles to uh, talk about culture. Um, I get the impression it's quite a big deal in the States. I mean, I think I only found out about it because um, our previous guests from the Good Point podcast mentioned it briefly during our discussion when they were on. Uh, What I like about this podcast is that... Uh, it's two people talking from in the midst of all of that chaos and trying to make sense of it, drawing lines of connection that they're not very sure about. Uh, and as the podcast title suggests, they're still not at a state where they really understand what's going on. So this podcast is basically a discussion where they take uh, different aspects of culture and just try to uh, literally try to process them. So, for example, the recommendation I put to you both was um, centred on this emergent sense of placelessness within uh, film and TV and wider culture uh, generally. Um, And there's another one, say, for example, looking at the nature of outrage in our culture. Uh, And it's basically with this one about placelessness it starts with uh, the film three billboards which actually i enjoy quite a lot but it starts um, from this place of talking about how there's a lot of stuff in that film that doesn't add up like, large, largely to do with the place that it's set which is you know ebbing which is a fictional place uh, but there's things in terms of like the landscape and the characters which uh, don't all quite fit together and have this sort of generalized like pick and mix america feel to them so there's bits of this place and bits of that place and it uses it as a jumping off point to talk about places that sort of feel like real places but then don't feel like real places and don't have a sense of history and location it's a really zigzaggy conversation so they go back and forth jenna brings up at one point like the relationship between this idea and the cloud you know uploading your stuff to the cloud so it kind of takes these detours out in different directions and then comes back on itself and It feels to me like a very raw conversation. It doesn't really know where it's going uh, until it's got there. And I I like that. I think there's this sort of... Um, sincerity to uh, the fact that it is this kind of messy thing really and it's these human beings who are very much uh, in the midst of things that are moving very slightly too fast and just doing their best to theorize exactly what's happening as it's going on like they're both brilliant hosts I really like them they start each podcast with a more trivial kind of look at what they're up to and you know that's when stuff about Instagram filters comes up and uh, you know just the the minutiae like surface level stuff and then they dive in and uh, I love the there's just a lot of energy there Um, there's a lot of laughs there I'm into that and uh, yeah just I I just uh, I'm really starting to get into it I'm only a few episodes in really into my journey into still processing but it's still processing still processing but uh yeah I'm enjoying it Freddy what do you reckon
0: Yeah, I I love this. And um, it was one of these podcasts that I started listening to a long time ago. And then for some reason, just kind of slipped out of my kind of day to day queue of of episodes. Um, But I really love the kind of relationship between uh, Wesley and and Jenna and and the way they kind of bounce off each other as hosts. And I think that's not uh, an easy thing to do at times. And I think they do an amazing job of it. And they clearly work closely together. And they clearly get on very well. And I, I like, you know, I like when they have kind of minor disagreements in opinion as much as I like when they agree on stuff. And I think yes. they, 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 they it's nice that that exists within that because I think two people talking along the same party line for the entire podcast would be really boring and i just like those little moments where they kind of question each other's assumptions or question each other's ideas or just disagree on some kind of matter of taste i guess and this episode in particular i i i enjoyed um i've, I've not seen three billboards yet so oh really I, I, no i haven't ah. it, it's kind of one of those ones that i mean, meant to see but just didn't get around to what well. it was in the cinema and blah 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 um <laughs> But I do understand what they're talking about and it was really interesting for them to uh, bring up all the different examples of this kind of idea where there's a film or a TV series or whatever and it's set in a place and it's meant to be like America or it's meant to be like the UK or wherever, but it's not quite like it. If you know mm. what I mean I, Yeah And I, I do I did really really enjoy I, I didn't It was one of these things that I've, I've kind of probably Felt some weird unease about But never really Like pay much attention to So it was nice To kind of have it Brung to the fore uh, Brought to the fore <laughs> Um <laughs> that's not good um uh, so uh, but I I did really enjoy it and um I I haven't listened to any other episodes yet and I have I can't really remember the ones I listened to before and I have no idea why I stopped listening to it but I did find it to be like a really interesting conversation I mean it's kind of in my wheelhouse that kind of intersection of kind of culture and and technology and uh, media and um how we how we react to it and how we process it as as human beings so yeah i am a big fan jack um thanks very much for hey that. No, worries. no worries liam liam what did you what do you think
1: uh so i'm gonna tilt the line a bit and say i didn't actually really like it that much <laughs> <Fair> um, <enough. laughs> for the the initial outlook from it was i i went into listening to it and immediately the cultural difference between america and the uk and sort of even though i have a lot of american friends and stuff over here there was kind of a difference immediately like it was very american focus which obviously Mm. we all in this day and age with what's happening in america right now we all sort of can be a part of because it affects us on a global scale but it was a very american point of view which kind of pulled me away immediately from it and it's funny um that freddie brings up the sort of their minor disagreements. I thought there was like not enough of that, <laughs> right? for for them for it to be as interesting as I wanted it to be or what I thought it was going to be. Because it, it almost ties into uh, you know, uh, Freddie's podcast that he's going to talk about and the episode you reference, which is about social bubbles. Yes, you can tell very much that these two people are so in the same social bubble. Their opinions are almost immediately similar on everything they speak about, especially in the beginning of this episode that you recommended where they talk about Super Bowl adverts. And every single opinion they had was the same (laughs) about every single advert. (laughs) And you can definitely tell, you know, they work in the same office. They work for, is it the New York Times, I believe? Mm. And they're both cultural writers, so they both have, you know, maybe similar backgrounds about culture. They are, of course, both of them black as well. Considering it is a discussion podcast, there wasn't enough of a toing and fro for me to stay interested. It was a lot of agreeing with each other and then a, a tiny bit of a disagreement where it's like, ah, I didn't think that. Oh, okay. And then they just sort of moved on a little <laughs> bit from it. Although I did enjoy listening to them talk about specifically the three billboards discussion. I also haven't seen it, but it did get me thinking about like video games, which is my background mm. and also like TV and movies where something feels out of place. Like when you watch uh, a film that is set in the UK, but is wholeheartedly been directed or controlled by like an American film studio or something. And you're like, that person wouldn't talk like that. That there's nobody from Manchester would do that. Nobody from (laughs) London would do that. And I was thinking that's really interesting point of view. Like, Obviously, we as Brits are watching three billboards like, yeah, that, that's America. Yeah. <laughs> they're all Americans. <laughs> but like the people watching it, maybe for them, they're like, huh, this seems a little weird, a little strangely out of place. And then when they mentioned that the director was not American, I was like, ah, yeah, that, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. So there is definitely some interest, uh, interesting discussions uh, that make me think about it. But in terms of like listening to them talk amongst themselves, it's it's a little too, they, they're too similar for me. Mm, I would mm. want a little more heated discussion, whether they have to like bring on guests who have a difference of opinion, which is um, leading into, you know, Freddie's suggestion. Uh, the episode that Freddie chose for his recommendation this week, both of them kind of tied into each other. Like I'd written notes on still processing first, and then I was like, huh, this is, they weirdly tie into what I thought about. Mm. Uh, still mm. processing. So yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. It wasn't a bad podcast or anything. But for me, I probably wouldn't continue listening.
2: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I think, and I completely agree in the fact that they are definitely people who are talking from the same viewpoint, and there is a yeah an alignment in their energy, which means that the interchange between them as it goes from one person to each other each response starts with yes and and rather than being yeah, this,
1: <laughs> they're almost adding on top of each yes. other to formulate an argument in their positive view which is fine because i think a lot of people who would listen to the show would already agree with their opinions anyway yes it's the kind of thing both are very well spoken and obviously very uh highly professional critics and uh cultural writers so there is an element of what that audience already would be so i guess it kind of is fine why it's why when they align with each other it's not such a big deal but in terms of like me tuning in and immediately being pulled out because it's mostly american focused and then there wasn't enough for me to be like, ah, you know, I wish I was listening to them sort of argue a little bit more about it.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think for the most part with these kind of podcasts definitely what I'm looking for is a bit of fire and a bit of friction between the hosts it's it's interesting with this one I, I have a slightly different feel and I wonder whether that's because what they're talking about is this nascent sensations like the sense that something is awry or the sense that something is going on I kind of like of some reason the almost the solidarity in conversation where if you get these kind of pangs of something's going on here I'm seeing these lines connecting to be able to sit down with someone and then unspool that between you and to feel this, you know, almost like I feel this, do you feel this too? And then to unravel that between you. For some reason to me that... I. I definitely, for 99% of the time, these kind of things where someone's like, yes, and then you hear this, you can almost hear the high fives as, you know, they're agreeing with the point <laughs> that's just gone.
1: It's, uh, you, there is absolutely a sense of that. Yes. There is a sense of uh, camaraderie between them. Like, yes. w- almost the tagline could be, what the fuck is going on in the world? Let's talk about <laughs> it and make ourselves feel better, which is... <laughs> which is essentially what they do, yeah. and that's okay, and it is it is interesting to listen to, and although maybe it's not something I would listen to personally from going on forward, but if they were isolated stories, like the Three Billboards one, which I found a very interesting conversation... Mm. It's, there's definitely something there for people to listen to.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, Freddie, you listen to obviously a lot of tech podcasts and we're used to having, I guess, predominantly American tech podcasts. We've covered a few like English mm. ones. And I suppose there is, it's ironic, isn't it, that this is a podcast about placelessness, but then the America-centric aspect of it is difficult maybe sometimes. Right. But, yeah, I mean, do you find that difficult? Because they are, a lot of them are very American When you listen to a lot of these tech podcasts.
0: Uh, Yeah, and I think technology it, it, it maybe sits in a slightly different, different sphere to kind of culture in a sense that, that technology, especially the technology that's being talked about a lot in podcasts at the moment, is is international or mostly international unless you, you know, live in China where, you know, things like Facebook are banned. But it, it, it does kind of touch on, you know, most places in the world, whereas I think the culture bent of, of still processing it maybe, maybe just makes the... the it does give it that kind of america centric angle yeah um, it's like mm, it's it's yeah. a
1: little bit of a bird's eye view into that sort of sense of thing its culture you know and everyone's mm. culture is different i mean i'm british but i live in japan so every day there is like these cultural not hurdles, but differences that you just become the norm for you. Mm. And listening to stuff like this, like tech podcasts where we all have an iPhone, we all own a PlayStation, or we all wear headphones. Like, that's something we can uniquely talk about. Yeah. But, like, in terms of like, the discussion is still processing, like, three billboards, if it hadn't got me thinking about British films that had these weird cultural things, I might not have enjoyed the conversation as much yeah. because they're talking about how, why it doesn't make sense in America. And I don't get that because I i don't live in america so Mm. sometimes with culture it is very heavily focused on obviously what surrounds them which could alienate some other people from different countries yeah
0: right yeah sure and i think you know i I, I can't blame them in the sense that you know that they write for the new york times so they probably have a remit that says yeah stick stick within stick within the continent and you know (laughs) i don't don't know you know that might might be a thing um but i i i do get that and i i do i do i think you know i think quite often on episode party we sometimes come up with our kind of dream version of podcasts that we recommend where it's like i like this podcast but i wish it was a bit more like this or it had more of this in it (laughs) and like and and I, i think that's you know and i think that's um i think that's probably probably the case for pretty much every podcast that we listen to you always find something that you you wish was slightly different and that's why you start your own um but anyway (laughs) yeah this is my dream podcast right here (laughs) (laughs) living it it. Uh, (laughs) liam tell us about your recommendation
1: okay so initially i'd written down um a show that you'd already had on. Yes, sorry. Um, and that show, personally for me, was very important because it sort of got what me into It's what got me into podcasting initially. But on the side to that, the other show that I've listened to consistently every week for about seven or eight years now is a show dedicated to football, um, which is called the Football Ramble. So I don't know if either of you guys are into football at all. It would be uh. a lot more useful <laughs> if you were, but if you're not, that's fine. Um, but the my recommendation is a podcast called The Football Ramble, which is a twice-a-week, uh, sometimes you get special episodes, it's a twice-a-week podcast that focuses around the world of football, mostly British football, it recaps, like, the weekend's events, but also the four guys who host it are pretty much, like, comedians. Um, one is a radio DJ, uh, one is actually a comedian, and the other two are sort of, like, radio hosts or TV where they speak about football. But the the best thing about this show is even if you don't like football, the chemistry between the four of them is like unlike any other podcast I've really listened to. You can tell those guys have been doing it for years. They are excellent at like bouncing off each other and they they always tangentially go off in random areas that have nothing to do with football whatsoever (laughs) that lead to hilarity and stuff like that and uh, as someone who now lives in japan and loves football i obviously due to the the beautiful time zone issue my my only way of getting sort of Staying, staying with football is by listening to the football ramble. And, um, even when it, nothing interesting happens in football, these guys still somehow make a very interesting podcast that I love listening to. Um, so I'm very interested to hear from two guys who <laughs> maybe aren't into football, how they found listening to this show
0: (laughs) jack as someone who knows ever so slightly more about football than i do do you want to go first Pressure's on i mean yeah it's still a low bar i mean i used to be
2: i grew up a spurs fan and you know went to Whitehall lane so many times you know me and my dad used to talk about football every single week Uh, i used to play a lot of football as well so Unfortunately, this podcast highlights how far I've gone from that loop and how out of the loop I now am. <laughs> um, and, but what's great about this podcast and what's interesting is that, I mean, the other podcast that you were going to choose is 8-4-Play, which is the podcast yeah. that was recommended by Nick Summers way back in, in episode one. And my feelings about this podcast are, in fact, very similar to what they would have been about 8-4-Play is that, The ironic thing is, is that what I appreciate about this podcast is the very thing that almost keeps me out, which is that it doesn't wait up for people like me. And it travels at the pace of four friends chatting about football and getting straight on the microphones and making jokes that really you only get if you've seen the action from the weekend. And... I love that. And that's what I, you know, that's basically why I love podcasting is that it allows these, we're talking about bubbles again, again, I guess, these bubbles to exist where someone can go in and they're not having to constantly stop the conversation to say, okay, guys, so just so you know, what we're talking about here is kind of relies on you having seen this, blah, blah, blah. No, it just like hurtles ahead at 100 miles an hour. And obviously as yeah. well, that's fueled by the fact that these guys are so sharp. And um, clearly having like the best time. I think you're right. They sound like people who have spent a lot of time together and know each other's quirks and uh, have really established a dynamic which feels pretty formidable. Also as well, I mean, you'll be able to tell us a bit more about this, Liam, I guess. But I mean, it's refreshing to hear people having like a predominantly comedic take on football analysis and not in just like a really straight up, parody way but just in a way that sort of swells jokes in with football analysis I mean my memory of just this sort of you know post-match reviews and stuff like that is people in just like immaculately fitting suits in studios like saying things very unironically like and very seriously about you know football like oh no you can't get away with playing like that against this Chelsea side Jeff oh no and like just really I don't know it's like almost like a sternness where someone should be smiling and someone should be cracking a joke because it's football and it's a game but (laughs)
1: yeah it's it's weird because the way you would look at it is especially with like analytical people afterwards it's like football is everything like football is life like that's the way it is whereas to these guys football is everything but also it's nothing it's just something they enjoy and Mm. it is the epitome of four guys in a pub at a table yes taking the mick out of each other's teams taking them account of what happens, enjoying when football is good, and also bringing up... Like, the one thing I enjoy is they bring up stories from, like, random places in the world, like Africa or Argentina, or just random stories that will appear just because they're interesting. Like, maybe they have, like, a tiny bit to do with football. But the, the, the beauty that these things can happen a, a around a sport is, I think, what interests those guys. Yes. And, like yes, they live and breathe football, but at the end of the day also they take a step back and they're like, they laugh at themselves. They're they're like, how are we still doing this? They constantly call themselves terrible and stuff like that and just being like... How do we get to do this? Oh, it's because of this random sport that we're into, even as silly as that sounds.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. You can tell that they're wearing jeans and they're not dressing up for football. (laughs) And, like, you know, one thing that highlighted it to me is that I, I listened to another episode. There was an advert beforehand for Audible where you know the phrase you can smash a book out on the sun lounger was used and I was like this is how people talk about football it's not this you know overly sort of eloquent overly poeticized thing so uh, it was something that in fact I think because I was abstracted from it I think the mechanics of this podcast and the way that it functions spoke to me rather than the content which is interesting but Freddie um, what did you
0: think in all your football knowledge so, in a way that, um, that Liam, you might dislike, I'm gonna agree with everything you guys have just said. <laughs> Um, no, um, in all seriousness, I, I yeah, I the content of what was being talked about, I, I it, it could have been in a different language to me. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, just, for, just for the background, because Jack's done his background. My dad's a Coventry City fan and is from Coventry. And um, that tells you everything you need to know about my upbringing in football. So that's why it didn't last very long or wasn't very successful. I also was was terrible at sports, so was never very good at playing. But I remember as a kid, like the point of... At which football, like as a thing that we did in the playground, went from being like, okay, you over there, Freddy the fat boy, come on, you can play as well. <laughs> And like, what? because it's all fun, it's all it's all good fun, and we're just we're just having a kick about because that's the fun thing we do at lunch. Yeah. So the year, probably towards the end of primary school, I guess I must have been I, d- I don't know what age I was, probably about nine or ten, where all of a sudden football became the most serious thing you could do on your lunch break, and yeah. it became this, and that's the point I think at which I just totally switched off because I, I was never going to be a professional footballer, obviously, and I, I I and I think yeah, like you say, Jack, when you think about. This the kind of post-match analysis that goes on on television it, it is that kind of seriousness that puts you off where you've got a bunch of people in the same way that i had kids in the playground who would not <laughs> play with me because i was rubbish
1: you've got a bunch of people who
0: who, who, who take the the game so seriously it it just becomes like a complete turn off and it's really boring so in that sense listening to this podcast despite me not having an any idea what was being spoken about I really did enjoy the fact That it was a light-hearted conversation And that was pretty much the only thing that kept me going Because it's hard to find You know, it's hard to be interested in something You have no idea about But yeah, I, absolutely. But I, I can listen to someone Talk passionately about something yeah. As long as the way that they're talking Doesn't take themselves too seriously And that was a really good thing And actually we had um, a previous episode With Jess Ellison, her second episode actually yeah. Where she discussed the Luke and Pete show um which was like a nice kind of uh introduction oh, yeah an introduction into football ramble i guess because you know luke and pete have that brilliant uh, a way about them as hosts and the, the relationship between the two of them so to, to kind of double up on the hosts there and then make another podcast you know i, I know that luke and pete shows effectively a spin-off of football ramble but it you know yeah. to, 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 to basically to have like you know to have two times as many hosts and and then they're talking about football actually was was just as fun to listen to and you're and you're totally right liam it is it is it is effectively if if you didn't know better it could have been the four of them sitting around the table in a pub and i really yeah. that's
1: the, i think that's the thing that makes the football ramble why i've listened to it continually for so long um is back when i was working in the uk and i was working around the clock at rockstar i was searching for podcasts desperately to just make the hours go faster and a full play was one of them and the other one was football ramble but i'd search for so many football podcasts and just trying to find one that was interesting enough to continue listening to but as you said jack like they were all analytical too serious same like Oh, this team can't do this next week, otherwise <laughs> they'll be in trouble. And the football rumble don't really go into that. They talk about like the seriousness sometimes of what teams have to face in the upcoming matches or like how things should all the they offer their, you know, armchair manager <laughs> solutions to things which is funny because you know they take themselves seriously when they think that they know a lot about football but ultimately when they're wrong and stuff like that they just laugh it off and they all have a joke about it and football ramble was the only one that just didn't take itself too seriously and was this we love football but also let's just talk about anything kind of experience and it is just like four guys in a pub and and since then i've actually got to know pete and i've hung out with him a few times um and and just the way he talks about things he is very larger than life and and listening to him talk on the football ramble is really interesting because it's like he is the one that almost cares less about (laughs) compared to the other guys so he's like the counterbalance to holding luke then his passion for football steady and yeah. just randomly throws in elements of like oh there was a cat once that ran onto a pitch and you're like <laughs> why is that interesting but i don't know it just, it just works it just works and um yeah it's it is one of those podcasts definitely like four friends
2: yeah is he like he is on the podcast because i
1: always find that very interesting in real life he very much is yeah he's maybe a little more reserved and quiet but he very much is <laughs> in thought process like he is on podcasts
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah brilliant i think comes through like the fact that they're just being themselves as well like i imagine if again to return to this comparison but like i don't know mark Lawrence or something if you met him in real life he wouldn't be talking with that same upright sort of very scrutinizing way that you hear on the back of a match so that's nice as well that's quite disarming
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if it's like, I'm trying to like work out why this happens, but I wonder if it's like, you know, if you stick a TV presenter or or a pundit in a suit and you pay them a lot of money and you put them in a really flash studio, do you just feel like they think, no, we can't dick around here. We've got to, we've got to be serious. We've got to earn the money. We've got to, you know, justify the pay.
1: I think it's a sense of, there's only so much you can say about football, really. Even as someone who really enjoys football, like me, it is the same every week. You know, when Mm. you have something that's weekly, there's only so much you can say, like, oh, this team won again, this player did really well. It's it. The, The one that always gets me is when you watch football players go from not being media trained and they get interviewed (laughs) and they're a little more sporadic and then as soon as they like the team knows they're going to be interviewed more often in the future because they're playing really well they get media trained and immediately their answers are just well today's game was a good one but i think we could have done better and then every weekend it's just the same (laughs) rote interview and you're like that's just how football commentary is as well
2: yeah yeah it's well the lads went out and really did their best this week and that's just what we're going to keep doing are you really brilliant i thought you were just going to give up like, it, it, it is ridiculous in that way
0: isn't it but, uh, Yeah. yeah uh, we've got a third and final podcast and and that's that's my recommendation and this podcast is irl so i really like this podcast because of kind of how upbeat it is, despite the fact that usually what it's talking about is potentially quite terrifying. Um, Veronica Bauman, the host, is is brilliant. I, I just, I like her as a person and I like the way she approaches these things. I think there's potentially um, an argument to say that sometimes this podcast can get overly simplistic about things, but I, I like how accessible it is, especially to people who aren't, of a kind of technical background, I guess. Um, and and, the, and the, the kind of the idea of the podcast is that, you know, to, to, to look at the comparisons between online life and real life and to, to kind of draw the conclusion uh, that online life is the same as real life. It's just, in, you know, on a, on a computer. And there are differences. Of course, there are differences. But I think when it comes to things like your security and privacy and stuff like that, comparing how you do things online with how you do things in real life is actually quite a good comparison, because for all of the good things that technology can do that takes us away from the real world, that has a negative impact when it comes to things like security and privacy, because people tend to get a bit more kind of um, uh, complacent about these things because they think that somehow it, it doesn't matter so much, but maybe it does, and um, I like that, and I like that that's what this podcast kind of predominantly tries to tackle, and I've, I've listened to most of, uh, of of this season, and, and it, does, it does do that quite well, and it kind of sticks to that kind of central theme, and the um, the podcast I uh, the episode I chose in particular is a really recent one actually, and it's called um, Social Bubble Bath, and it's about filter bubbles and uh, how how they kind of work and how they come about. But what I really liked was that it went beyond just telling you that they were bad, and they actually went out of the way to find examples of people who've broken out of filter bubbles. So, for example, they 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 speak to um, uh, Megan Phelps Roper who uh, um, as it was part of the Westboro Baptist Church, and how she kind of broke out of that filter bubble um, through social media, which is which is ironic because rather than reinforcing her beliefs, it actually did the opposite. And it was actually through kind of being you know offline and within that kind of physical community that that her beliefs were enforced. So it was a nice comparison because obviously it shows that you know filter bubbles do exist in the real world as well as they do online. And I think social media, especially lately, has been Given a lot of stick for enforcing filter bubbles or creating filter bubbles, but those filter bubbles existed way before social media. I'm not saying there's not a problem, just that <laughs> there, there is there is something there. So I really liked that we, we we went through um, talking to people who've broken out of filter bubbles, and then and then we turned to other people who who who've come up with kind of practical advice on how to uh, break out of your own filter bubbles. So I really really enjoyed that as well as part of the conversation. So. Yeah, I'd love to know what you think. Liam, what did you think?
1: I actually really enjoyed this podcast. Uh, uh, I only got to listen to the social bubble bath episode, Mm. but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was incredibly interesting. It kind of had the uh, whole uh, serial S-Town vibe that we've had, like trends now in podcasts with this whole storytelling aspect where the host dips in and out of asking questions and then listening to audio interviews of other people without actually, you know, asking them questions themselves. Mm. So I kind of didn't really uh, like you you said that she had like an upbeat nature and stuff. I didn't kind of get that because she would kind of would take a step back and let the audio interviews play and that was kind of what I was listening to. Mm. So I can't really comment on how I thought the host was, but in terms of like the actual content of the episode, I thought it was incredibly interesting and this idea of social bubbles that we live in especially with Twitter and stuff like that my being someone who is involved in the video games industry and stuff like that, like my Twitter is basically just video games industry people. And (laughs) sometimes it gets so tiring seeing the same stuff over and over again, or the same opinions and, and listening to it made me want to do what that guy did and sort of start following people completely outside of, my own sphere on twitter uh and it got me thinking as well like you know with unfortunately what's happening right now in the world and this whole staring world war three in the face kind of aspect (laughs) it made me sort of think about like what russian perspective is on what's going on right now like russian people or like people on twitter who are like talking about it and the idea that you have completely especially in this global world we live in now like the idea of all these different opinions going on i thought it was really interesting and the way they presented it with this one story about the real aspect of what was her name megan i think leaving westboro baptist church after meetings like meeting someone they spoke to online Mm. that was fascinating Mm. and then just this other guy this random dude who's like a web designer who who just started this own experiment it's nice to have not just like one thing that you focus on but like multiple examples of what she was trying to talk about sometimes you'll have like a, a topic and it's like it's based around one story which maybe could be an isolated incident to something but the fact that they had multiple uh, different views and different stories on the topic of the episode i thought was really interesting i thought it was uh, very good and it got me thinking about a lot of things like i really enjoy podcasts that get me thinking and tying it into the suggestion jack gave that emphasized my point like, my notes more about, oh, those two culture writers are definitely in their <laughs> own social bubble. Right. Um, so it was a weird, weird little tie-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean,
2: it has an interesting pace to it, this podcast. I think quite a unique pace that I haven't really heard in many other podcasts in that it moves very quickly you get a lot of different perspectives there's maybe, I don't know, five, six interviews all within the space of like half an hour which, mm, is, yeah. which is whizzy like a lot of these uh, podcasts you get either you know, one interview over a long stretch of time or maybe you'll get two or three over like you know, ten minutes apiece And in fact, what I find quite interesting, it almost has this, I feel like it it bears the imprint of social media in the way that it's formatted. You get these bite-sized little pieces that you're almost scrolling through as you're going through the topic, and you just get these flashes of information from each one. I have to say, that's what I kind of struggled with with this podcast, is that, I was really left wanting more at the back of a lot of these uh, guests' stories. Like, they maybe got about, you know, four or five questions each on each one. Uh, mm. And they were very distilled to the point where I, I, a lot of the time I was like, wait, what? what? I, I want to dig more into the, the, the kind of micro details of, of what's going on here. And I want to hear um, just more digging down, I guess. I think the key one for me was there was one with a, I think he's a researcher called Rasmus Nielsen, and it lasts about thirty seconds, where it quickly concludes that people are ingesting different, a wider array of news sources on social media than they would be, you know, in another format outside of social media, and. It says that statistic, and then Veronica says something like, well, it's not an open and shut debate, but it is very interesting. But they haven't covered enough to tell you why it's interesting. And then it moves on mm. very quickly to, to something else. And, and and then the rest of the stories, which is fine, they're very like human interest and very anecdotal, but those anecdotes are so yes. fleeting that I'm like, okay, but what does that tell me? And I think the one I did really like, actually, was the one right... At the end uh, The Was it at the end The guy who does High from the other side Where he gets People from Differing um, places on the political spectrum or you know certain areas of ideology to meet up and have a coffee with each other and there was that excellent bit where he talks about the fact that one of the things they do is give each one of them half of a Starbucks gift card code (laughs) and they have to work together and I thought that was really brilliant Um, I am someone who I think likes long interview podcasts so having three minutes devoted to a guest and their story to me just feels inherently Dissatisfying and unsatiating. Like I, I, I want to know the mechanics of things in a drawn-out and quite intimate way, rather than having a surface skim of all these things. That said, I think hearing you both talk about the fact that, um, in a way, it does give you a, a quite an interesting topographical view of the topic the fact that maybe we have some biases against bubbles which are like they're all bad whereas in fact in a lot of these cases you know there was instances where being part of a bubble and having that solidarity did a lot of
1: good and it 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 gives a little hope as well like we uh, anyone who knows about the westboro baptist church immediately is like oh god how could any be a anyone be a part of that but then it is kind of like a cultish mindset But then the idea that this woman who was a part of it spoke to someone and gave someone the chance to talk to her and then she completely got out when she saw the sort of nastiness, she probably still has her faith in God and that kind of thing. So, like, the idea is that there is hope when you expand beyond your own social bubble, whether it's good or bad. Yes. I like that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, in fact, that interview with Megan Phelps Roper, um, Joe Rogan did a big conversation with her. This, I think, just... Uh, speaks of my podcast taste but it's about you know a a big two or three hour discussion with Megan about that whole process of leaving which is really interesting and in fact I think she digs down into I think how those bubbles affect the way that we present our arguments and how up we get when someone attacks them you know you're not exposed to conflict in the same way and that podcast sheds a really good light on it so I did like Veronica as well I thought because in terms of the structure of the podcast while it didn't appeal to me particularly like she was very concise and direct I liked her questions um so yeah it was interesting I liked the subject matter but the format is not something that speaks to me so much I guess
0: yeah I guess I guess I think I imagine in in these situations I don't know the internal workings of this podcast at all but it, it's a podcast by Mozilla oh yes, um, who, yeah who make who make Firefox in case people who are listening don't know um Uh, amongst other things they they do a lot more than that but I get the feeling this may have been made on contract for them and in which case someone's probably said yeah we'll, we'll give you you know 12 episodes in a season of 30 minute episodes or whatever um yeah. i know yeah. this because this is the kind of thing i sometimes do in my job and and so i but what's what's annoying about that is obviously yeah so if you've got 30 minutes and you've got to cut the conversation down to 30 minutes you start chopping out stuff and then yeah you're potentially leaving a lot of stuff off the table that's really really interesting that people want to hear yeah um so yeah it's it's super difficult and i guess the, the the only the only way you know i think the idealistic um response would be well you know you, you've got the tools now go off and do your own research but who has time for that like, you know, I've, <laughs> got, I've got to listen to the next podcast um
1: yeah, so yeah, it, I,
0: it, it's quite nice to like i think it's one of those ones where it's like okay in 30 minutes i can probably learn something i didn't know before and then i move on but yeah i totally agree jack i think you know there, there is an element of like oh, i just want to know a little bit more about this person or, or what they do and then yeah. and the problem with going away and doing your own research is often whoever has been interviewed on a podcast uh can't always present their own research or their own ideas as well as the podcast has done sometimes or or less immediately I guess because that's the thing it did
2: bug me a bit and uh, you know I return to that Rasmus Nielsen bit because I don't Like that distillation of statistics that says, oh, so now we know this, this means this. And I wanted there to be a more critical, a moment to basically scrutinise that statistic and to, you know, introduce an element of it doesn't necessarily mean this, you know.
1: I think tying into that, that's probably why I don't really have any thoughts on the host because she never really offers her own opinion. Right, right. I don't know what it's like in other episodes. In this episode, she very... There was very little where she chimed in with her own ca- uh, counterpoint or agreement to something. Mm. She just like forwarded the questions, and then she, it was she was almost like the messenger yes. in between us and whoever was being interviewed. So I think maybe the if it was a bit longer, she would be able to take those statistics for herself, talk a bit why that she may come to this conclusion or ask you to come to a certain conclusion. Um, But there was very little of that. I absolutely agree in that point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fact, it's something that makes me think of your podcast, Liam in final games, because it's a podcast where you are so present. And I think what I, what I really enjoy about final games is the fact that, I mean, I, I, I actually host a, quite similar podcast called Crucial Listening where I ask musicians to talk about their three most important albums and I love that angle of discussion and it seems like it's something that speaks to you as well but it seems like that you do a lot of research um, when you're doing these podcasts I mean I heard one where the guy even said (laughs) that's awesome you've clearly like you've clearly been looking into this like when you did uh, you know and you have the person there when you're doing your. Intro about them, which I think is uh, yes brave. Like because you got to have your facts <laughs> right. So I mean, is there a big research process in in putting your podcast together?
1: Um, yeah, a lot of the time. I think it's very lucky. Uh, <laughs> I think it's all sort of evolved into. I know a lot about video games anyway, having been around the industry and also being a fan of video games for a long time. So I almost have that knowledge already stored in my head. So there isn't as much research I need to do. But yeah. when it comes to ha- having someone on the show. My show specifically, like you have musicians, musicians can be famous, I think, and they already know why they're special. (laughs) But the uh, part of my podcast is I'm interviewing people who, apart from maybe people who are popular YouTubers or popular like critics, they like even these famous video game developers who have like 50 to 60,000 followers on Twitter still live once again in a bubble where they work for a company. They have like a management that will disagree with them. They're not special. They don't think they're special. They're just normal people who do their jobs that end up being seen by millions of people. Yeah. So f- for these people, sometimes my thing is to make them feel there's a reason why they're there. So the introductions, no matter who they are, will always be a reflection on their achievements to date. And I want them to hear the the almost through my introduction the reasons as to why they're there for this episode Mm. and make them feel confident in oh oh this is this is like reflecting on themselves like oh yeah no (laughs) no i am pretty cool like i did (laughs) ship a game that sold like a million copies or i i voiced a character that is has thousands of fan art and speaks to a lot of people because maybe in the video games industry people don't get to think like that so a part of that is um making them feel comfortable with being interviewed and then because of the background they come from you know musicians and uh maybe not celebrities but people who speak for a living or or perform for a living will be okay with being interviewed mm. whereas a lot of the time the people i interview because of the the industry they're in they they're not used to talking so Although I started off being disgustingly bad at podcasting and awful myself, it's I think me being present and helping push them along a little, or or, or keep the steadying the ship, I think is why I'm so ever present because I want them to talk, but maybe they're a little uncomfortable, but they slowly get into it and stuff like that. So then I take a bit of a seat back, but it's, it's almost like a weird balance that found itself. I didn't (laughs) intend for it to be that way, but then I thought about it some more and I was like, Oh, this is why this is happening and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It is. It's funny. We're talking about you liking long interviews and I imagine final games fits into that. Because sometimes I don't even know when to stop. It uh, goes on for too long. I actually like the opposite, where I like short-form interviews oh, just really? because there's only, so, there's only so many hours in the day, unless it's someone who is incredibly interesting, and then I will search for more research. But hearing, like, quick and interesting anecdotes is something I really do enjoy. So that's probably why I enjoyed uh, IRL quite a
2: bit. Oh, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. Because some of your episodes are long, 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 but... Oh, oh God! Yes, but, but that just excites <laughs> me when I see that duration. I'm like, this is. I'm going to know this person on the other side of it, even if I haven't heard of them. But I think, yes, your, your line of questioning as well is so interesting because, obviously, I mean, you're asking people to select is it eight games. Um, yeah, I want to play forever more, and. Th- the answers are complicated. I mean, there's one I listened to with Jonathan Cooper and his first choice. He says, you know, the, I think he picks WrestleMania 2000 and he says, WrestleMania No Mercy is a better game. And you, you both agree on that. But then he says, but you have to understand my personal relationship with this game. And that yes. gets so complicated because it's like, it's not the best, but it's my favorite. Or, you know, there's so yeah. much to dig into there. I mean, what is it you like about that kind of questioning in that frame?
1: Well, I started the podcast at the back end of what was called the Gamergate situation. Like, I was leaving Rockstar, so I was working in the video games industry, but in a sort of different aspect to obviously what I'm doing now, but the whole Gamergate thing was going on, and there was so much negativity in the video games industry, Mm -hmm. and it's something that, you know, affects me greatly because I'm very passionate about the industry and like the professionalism of it, but also the creative art we can make in the games industry. So I wanted to create something that was positive, and it started out as being the show where I was going to ask people basically what their eight favorite games are. But you know, inspired a little bit by Desert Island Discs and other shows where you have to select stuff, I thought it'd be more intri- like intriguing to have a reason as to why you have to decide stuff. So although it started out as something about nostalgia, it very quickly developed into the practicality of being on the island and would you want to play a short game that had a lot of memories forevermore that would get incredibly boring but there is this whole world of video games that are replayable or they have like endless gameplay so the show has definitely become this balance of nostalgia versus the practicality of the situation so when someone chooses a game like Jonathan chose uh, Wrestlemania instead of No Mercy, Wrestlemania was definitely because of the memories. So you have this whole line of questioning where you, you can tap into oh, so like, why is it so special? Tell me the stories of your childhood. Tell me the stories of what is associated with this game. But then on the flip side of that, if someone's choosing a game like, for example, uh, World of Warcraft, which is a game you can endlessly replay, which gets updated all the time, there is no essential, quote, end game. Mm. Why, Why would you choose that over another game that is replayable? What is it about specifically that? And that's when you get into professional people talking about game design. And that, for me, as someone who's a fan of the games industry is incredibly interesting. So then it becomes less about memories and personal stories and more about reflecting on game design or, uh, the way mechanics work in video games and then it becomes a more technical podcast. And then you have this duality of, wow, we can get really personal, but we can also get really professional and technical. And I'm like, ha, huh, I got super lucky with <laughs> how this, what the hell this worked out? <laughs> so for me, I think it doesn't matter whether a game is nostalgia or it's practical because, the, guests I, the type of guests I have on my show I can reflect and ask questions about both and both are incredibly interesting to me and the niche I think I fit in of listeners so, yeah, <laughs> I just got super lucky I think
0: <laughs> well, um Liam, you've, you've given our listeners... I, I don't know how many there are. I, weirdly, we're really big in Japan. I don't know why, but we are. Um,
1: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so. come, come find me, guys. If you're in Japan, come find Absolutely. me. Um,
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and then maybe you can ask why they listen to Episode Party, because uh, yes. I, I'm, really, I'm really confused <laughs> as to how we got the listenership we did. But that's fine. Um, but you, you've, given, you've given our listeners a really, a really good uh, teaser of Final Games. Where can people find out more about Final Games?
1: so people can find Final Games on iTunes as well. I imagine you can search Episode Party on iTunes. You can also search Final Games on itunes you can also go to soundcloud.com forward slash final games podcast if you have like acast stitcher overcast all those wonderful podcasting specific apps or networks you can just search final games or you can just google final games that that would work also uh, but if you want to listen to like a more topical weekly podcast where i talk about video games with some of my friends you can also search for the dad and sons podcast which is a brand new podcast i'm doing with uh, youtuber super bunny hop uh, so that's more of a topical podcast let's talk about the week in games kind of thing but yeah please check them out if you're interested um yeah
0: Thank you. Um, And for anyone who's listening and still doesn't know where our social media is and all the rest of it, we're at episode underscore party on Twitter and www.episode.party on the internet where you'll find all of our show notes with links to all of the episodes we uh, recommend for each and every show. This has been wonderful, Liam. Thank you so much again for finding some time for us. uh, Thank you so much for having
1: me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Brilliant. And uh, thanks very much. And we'll see everyone else on the next episode thanks very much goodbye
1: Bye.
2: bye hi it's jack again thank you so much for listening to episode party if you've been enjoying the show please give us a rating and review on itunes or your podcast app of choice it would mean a lot thank you so much goodbye